fight with every ounce that's in us to make sure that they don't roll back no more rights. And listen, Pittsburgh is for you. It's a place for abortion. Pittsburgh Mayor Ed Ganey rallying with hundreds of demonstrators downtown and promising to fight to keep abortion legal here. As we approach the one-year anniversary of Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health, where the Supreme Court overturned the right to an abortion as decided in Roe v. Wade, groups like Planned Parenthood of Western Pennsylvania, the Women's Law Project, the Allegheny Reproductive Health Center, and even student groups like the Planned Parenthood Generation Action Club have all worked to provide abortion access and care to the people who need it. Assistant Opinions Editor Grace DeLallo interviewed people who work in each of these groups and they had a lot to say about what they wanted people to know about their work. My name is Sydney Etheridge and I'm the president and CEO of Planned Parenthood of Western Pennsylvania. Um, I started this job in January of 2022 um, and so been in it just over 13 months. I guess when you look at it. Yeah. And then um, prior to this, I spent about 10 years at the Planned Parenthood National Office in Washington, D.C. I think um, it is really important. I think people just think of Planned Parenthood as I, 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 people have a lot of views and thoughts about Planned Parenthood. So I don't know what most people actually think about the about us here at Planned Parenthood Western Pennsylvania. But I will just stick to like the core stuff. I think it's important people know that we have seven health centers in the southwestern Pennsylvania region. Uh, our downtown center offers both family planning and abortion services, and the other five offer family planning, and they're located in Johnstown, Moon, Somerset, Bridgeville, and Greensburg. So um, not only are we serving the downtown Pittsburgh, like the Pittsburgh Allegheny County community, but also um communities outside of, of Allegheny County where we know there's so much need because so many providers had to close their doors after COVID. Um, I think another thing that is really important is that we are one of the um, handful of providers that are actually in schools during the school day providing sex education um, to our youth here in the Pittsburgh public school system. And that is something that we are really proud of. And I, I don't think people necessarily know that when they um, think of us, unless maybe they have a kid at that school um, and they um, know that. But that is, I think, just so important because not only are we teaching, you know, basic and comprehensive sex education, but also things about, you know, healthy boundaries, whether that's friendships, familiar relationships, sexual relationships, um, confidence, how to really articulate, you know, what, uh, what you feel is important to yourself, whether that's regarding boundaries, gender identity, expression, and things like that. So giving our young people an understanding and language as to how to really vocalize their feelings and thoughts, as we know that young people are going through an incredibly difficult time right now. My name is Christine Castro. I prefer Chris, she, her pronouns, and I'm a staff attorney and youth access manager at the Women's Law Project. Um, so just like briefly what my work entails, um, most of my work is on um, helping lead our reproductive rights program, um, so access to abortion contraception, um, and that work includes representing all of the Pennsylvania abortion providers in the state on a wide range of legal issues, um, as well as our youth access project. So this is um, a project that we started developing in 2018, um, wherein we started to provide direct legal representation to all young people 
who are seeking a judicial bypass in Allegheny County and either being um, served at Planned Parenthood or Allegheny Repro and sometimes at McGee. Um, and they have to go through this court process because we have um, a forced parental consent law in Pennsylvania that requires a minor to obtain consent of at least one parent or alternatively meet with a judge to allow them to make this decision to have an abortion on their own. Um, and that work has evolved to uh, providing technical and legal support to young people all across the Commonwealth and out of state who are seeking information about their rights to access abortion without parental involvement, um, as well as um, starting to recruit and train attorneys who are interested in providing bypass representation. So I'm Maggie Neely. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a staff attorney based out of the Pittsburgh office or our Western Pennsylvania office. And I work across basically all of our program areas. So that includes supporting our reproductive rights work, which Chris gave a very comprehensive overview of. So that includes uh, representing minors in judicial bypass proceedings and also helping with representation of the abortion providers in the state. I would say two things. One, and I'm sure this is likely becoming clear to you as you speak to multiple people for this piece, but is that we can't do this work alone. And we have a really incredible community here in Western Pennsylvania um, that enables us to do this and to support people and help them get the care that they need or get the support that they need, whether that's accessing an abortion or whether that's exercising their rights to take sick leave and care for their pregnancy under the laws that we have at the local level. Um, so I would say that. And another thing I would say is that no matter what, um, the Women's Law Project will be working to ensure that everyone in Pennsylvania can exercise their right to reproductive freedom. And it's been a very difficult past year, but we we're here and we always will be, and we will just continually work to ensure that people can meaningfully access and exercise this right. That's really uh, well stated, Maggie. Um, so I, I guess an aspect of the work that we do, um, and this is um, geared towards our youth access um, program, is that I wish people knew that young people can um, and do make important decisions about their bodies and sexual health and reproductive future um, on their own terms and that they don't need an adult in order to be able to determine um, their reproductive future or decisions about their pregnancies. Um, and that Pennsylvania's forced parental involvement law is premised on the belief that um, young people, and particularly young women, can't be trusted to make these decisions. Um, on their own and therefore have to involve a parent or a judge. And I wish that people had a clear understanding of the degree of harm that is done to young people who are forced to overcome these logistical, legal, financial hurdles in order to just access um, essential evidence-based uh, reproductive health care. And um, that this law in itself 
is also premised on this assumption that all family structures look the same um, and that it privileges young people who have a certain living situation, economic situation, um, are part of a nuclear family structure and punishes those that don't have that. And so um, often our work in bypass representation, we're representing young people who have a trusted adult in their life, who by all extensive purposes has stepped in as a parent in their life and who um, are supportive of their pregnancy decision. But because of this forced parental involvement law, their, their only option if they want to obtain abortion care is to meet with a judge. And, um, you know, I think we're really proud of, um, while we at the Law Project would prefer that young people be able to make decisions about their pregnancy and to have an abortion without having to go through the court process, um, we are proud of the representation that we do and um, and how we work together with um, the providers to ensure that we're streamlining the process, make avoiding delay when possible, and um, providing um, representation in a way that's really client-centered and um, um, try to have um, our clients lead um, how we support them. Um, that even when they um, leave the hearing with a signed order um, and have met with a kind judge, a respectful judge, um, there's still harm that's inflicted in, on them, and there's still this deprivation of just dignity, as uh, Maggie said, just the human right and dignity to make decisions about your own bodies. Um, and so I I wish that there was more awareness about um the experiences of young people who are um, navigating this um, post-Dobbs uh, climate. My name is Alexa Pierce, A-L-E-X-A-P-I-E-R-C-E, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm a junior at Pitt. Um, and I got started with CPGEN when I was a freshman, so fall 2020. Um, I went to, I think it was the online activities fair <laughs> for the fall, mm-hmm. and it was on Zoom, and they just had chat rooms with, like, representatives from the club, like officers. So I got to talk to a couple board members about the club. Um, I was just browsing to see what looked interesting, and um, I started going to the meetings. They were all held on Zoom. Um, toward the end of the year, we met up a couple times in person in, like, small groups, but um most of my engagement initially was online mm-hmm. through just the meetings, um, the GBMs, having conversations with other students in the club and other board members on the topics that they chose that week. Um, so, yeah, it was really started through that, um, mostly online during COVID and everything. I feel like for me, um, like just being a personal experience, you know, not being afraid to get yourself out there and reach out to these clubs or come to these meetings or figure out how to be a planned parent volunteer or an escort or something like just even dipping your toe in the water i think figuring out any way that you can get involved if you want to a little bit is good um don't be afraid of um you know any barriers you think might exist or barriers that do exist because there's definitely a community of people who can help you out help you navigate um and make sure that you get the care that you want and know you know about the education that you want to get so um yeah, I feel like, you know, our door is always open. So, you know, 
we don't have any membership requirements really. It's just kind of like if you see a topic that we're talking about and you want to come, you know, you can come ask questions. We take new members every week. Um, and the clinic is always taking new volunteers, giving them an orientation and everything. So, you know, we're a very welcoming community and, you know, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, so I go by Tasha Barner Johnson and I am the youth organizer for New Voices for Reproductive Justice. Um, I've been working with New Voices for the last five years and in this space of, within reproductive justice. Prior to this, um, I did a lot of um, direct care work for youth around Pittsburgh uh, and placement, juvenile justice um, in different areas like that. And then I transferred over to New Voices where I can do way more advocacy and leadership development and just help them in spaces that they really don't uh, get the help that they deserve or need. Um, so that is my space here with New Voices, really centering. Um, we are located in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Cleveland. So I do do youth, youth organizing for the whole organization, but I'm really focused on um, PA right now. This is our right to live. And, you know, everyone doesn't have that same right that, like, we don't have that same right. And all we want to do is live. And so if people can open their eyes to see the discrepancies in the way that we all walk through this this world, then I think people can understand. If people can have grace, um, if people, you know, just took it to the step out of their their box for a second. I hate boxes. I'm also a Soji trainer. And so I talk a lot about about breaking these boxes that we're in and these barriers that we've put up to for to say that something should be something. And if we could step out of that and allow people just to live and understand that we all just want to live in this world too, um, with all the access and availability that everybody else has, I don't want nothing special. I'm not asking for special treatment. I'm just asking to be treated like a human being, like everyone else is. I feel like we would be a lot better. Um, and then to stand out, I want people to know that reproductive justice is not abortion access only. Mm -hmm. it's not it's not that only it's way it's way deeper there's way more nuance to it and I feel like when people do that they just you know oversimplify what this movement is um and it, it puts a target on our backs and it's not fair we do a lot of with engagement and community and grassroots um and just getting this the resources and the tools to our communities and that's what reproductive justice is and so people need to um understand that. Despite the work being tough, all of these interviewees have hope for the future. Just the engagement from young people in these issues and how they vote. You know, I was watching, we did in a, a series with Chatham and GirlGov on The Janes, which was, um, you know, a movie about women in Chicago who were helping women get abortions right before Roe was, um, before Roe was decided by the Supreme Court and put in place. And so, they had this really interesting point that really resonated with me, which was like, men had the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. black people had civil rights, um, gay people had gay rights, because like, that was just how narrow they thought of like that movement. And then they're like, women had abortion, like, and then women just had what was left, which was like abortion rights. And so like, it was so siloed. And like, a lot of the women spoke both black and white, like how like a they didn't feel included in those movements driven by men. So like the war movement and the civil rights mm -hmm. movement, it felt very like um, kind of gatekeepy. And while sometimes those movements would come together in little silos, it wasn't very integrated. Um, and so 
I think now young people, so I think that's kind of the point of view we see from some of like the older generations about movement building. Like Mm -hmm. they see it as like, it's this movement and this movement and this movement. I think young people see it as all the same movement and they are no longer okay with one movement throwing another movement under the bus to better like that one movement. But like these are way more intersectional. These things all touch one another because war, civil rights, LGBTQ rights and reproductive rights, those are all like the same, like those are all this like very similar movements. They impact one another. Um, And being able to see it like that, to articulate that and to vote and feel very strongly about that is like huge. And that's what we saw in the last election. That's what we saw here in Western Pennsylvania. And that's really what gives me hope because these movements have grown more intersectional and diverse. And the fact that like, that we are meeting that moment, like we are meeting these moments through that lens, that really gives me hope. And so whatever we build post row is going to just be more diverse and more inclusive because that's where our movement is. And that's how our movement views things. You know, well, starting off with um, people in Pennsylvania and across the country have made it clear that they won't stay silent when um, the, when their rights are being stripped away from them and also have shown um, through the ballot box in recent elections that um, they support the right to access abortion. So we are in the majority. Um, The attacks against abortion access are not in the majority. And so we're not going anywhere. Organizationally, our partners, as I'm sure they make aware, um, we are in this. Um, until the end. And we're also seeing people who weren't um, as looped in wanting to join the movement, wanting to participate and help in any way possible. As Maggie said, like just the um, like the spring of activism and volunteerism after um, the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to overrule Roe, um, it has been heartwarming and it has been um, inspiring and also hopeful because um, you know, we've created in community support systems that weren't available before we knew the row was going to likely fall. We have volunteers providing transportation assistance to um, people who need rides to their abortion care. Um, we are seeing um, legal practitioners who weren't directly involved in the movement wanting to provide representation to judicial bypass petitioners or plug in whatever way to the uh, reproductive rights and health and justice movement to use their legal, um, their, their tools, their professional experience to, um, to fight for reproductive freedom. And I think that um, we've seen how people from all sorts of um, experiences, um, skills, um, professions, um, age are finding a way to um, play a part in this fight. Um, and so that, for me, has been um, what's given me hope. And people are still, I just, without dismissing the reality that there are people and many, um, and I don't think we'll ever know the number, and to be able to really, like, put a number, who have not and will not be able to access abortion care, um, we have been able People are still able to get abortion care in Pennsylvania, um, and we're working to support 
people in other states who um, can't get abortion care in their respective um, um, communities. Um, so that also gives me hope. Yeah, that was really wonderful. And I would just have to echo a lot of that. And as Chris said, we have such an amazing community here. Our providers are incredible. And we saw them work tirelessly after jobs as our neighboring states severely restricted abortion to ensure that everyone who was coming to them seeking care could get the care that they needed. And we see our drivers drive hundreds of miles within the state, get up so early in the morning and devote so much of their time to ensure that people can get the care that they need. So just like Chris said, that gives me a lot of hope. And we're seeing the support for abortion rights and for reproductive freedom at the national level play out like this um, in our own community. Honestly, I think for me, um, it's really been seeing people rally behind um, clinics, um, at least like that's a Pittsburgh perspective, but I think that's also been seen nationally with um, different abortion funds being supported even now, um, being able to pay for abortions completely if they see patients who um, don't have insurance or, um, you know, are coming across state lines and have to pay for housing and whatnot. I think that that's been really great to see and gives me a lot of hope seeing that people are just so willing to, um, you know, drop whatever they're doing and cook a meal for the clinic workers, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, schedule outside of their work or class time or even people who work nine to five to go into the clinic and, you know, do some paperwork or answer the phones for an hour. Um, I just think that's been really, really great to see um, how the clinics are being so supported financially with time um, and the workers really, really, really appreciate all that. Youth. Um, in these last couple of years, our young folks have really stepped up and, and I say it not even, um, definitely our young folks of color, but I mean, just young folks in general, young folks are, are doing exactly what we've been begging people to do. They are listening to each other. They are supporting each other. They are standing beside each other. They are standing up for injustices when there, it doesn't affect them and they see it happening. Like the young folks, we are really stepping up and, and trying to change this world. And if we as as adults start to help them and support them and give them the tools and the resources that they need, I really feel like our world can be a better place if we really start investing in in our young folks. And and they're they're coming up. They're stepping out of these boxes that we've been raised in our whole life. They are taking, you know, power and control over themselves. They are taking body autonomy to the next level and and shoving it in people's face and respect and I just love it. I love it. And I love to see it happening. Thank you very much for listening. If you would like to read more silhouettes, you can find them at pitnews.com under silhouettes 2023. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.